0: Hello and welcome to The Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. We're committed to creating a thriving community of accounting professionals who are physically and mentally healthy, fulfilled, and energized by their work. Our ultimate goal is to elevate the reputation of the accounting profession and vastly improve the lives of those in it. The Unique CPA is brought to you by TriMerit, the specialty tax professionals.
1: Welcome to on the air with Accounting Today. I'm Dan Hood, editor-in-chief, and welcome to The Unique CPA podcast. And to the Account Trends Podcast. Now, if you're wondering if you somehow dialed into the wrong podcast, you definitely haven't. Because, in fact, you are listening to what might be the greatest podcast of all time. Why? Here's why. We've got three of the great accounting podcast hosts with us, starting with Randy Crabtree. He's the host of the Unique CPA Podcast, as well as the co-founder and partner at Tri-Merit Specialty Tax Pros. Randy, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. It is. And not least because we've got David Bergstein, a bon vivant, a pickleball guru, a CPA, a longtime thought leader, uh, both the accounting and the technology worlds, and co host of the Account Trends podcast. David, Mr. Bergstein, thank you again for joining us.
2: And thank you
1: for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with these uh, three other individuals. You're included. <laughs> All right. Well, let's introduce the 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 last but only alphabetically uh, host we've got with us and here really to keep keep an eye on Mr. Bergstein, make sure he doesn't get out of line. Uh, is his account uh, trends co-host, Jason Stein, who during the daylight hours is the tax and education leader at Intuit Accountants. Jason, thanks for joining us.
3: Honored to be here, Dan. And I, I'm not sure who keeps who in line when it comes to me and David.
1: <laughs> Either way, if you could just both restrain yourselves, that's all we're asking. <laughs> um, no, seriously, what happened is we recently realized that between the four of us, uh, we've probably interviewed just about everybody that there is to interview in the accounting world, uh, as well as maybe a couple of extra people who, in retrospect, maybe weren't the best choices. And we apologize for those. But let's not name names. Let's instead focus on the fact that it did occur to us that uh, it would be interesting to share some of the the, the best, most interesting things that we've learned uh, from all those combined hours of talking to all those experts and all those thought leaders and all those people who uh, play such a major role in the field. Um, so that, I mean, basically what we're going to be, that's what we're going to be talking about today is, is you know, What's the, uh, what's the most interesting, the most valuable, the most unexpected thing that you learned from a guest on your podcast? And Mr. Bergstein, I'm going to let you go first on this. Uh, what's, what's the, you know, as, for all your hours of podcast hosting, uh, what thing stands out for you? You're like, wow.
2: What's wowed me the most is that accounting is not going away. As much as people say technology will drive it away, it's just changing what we do as accounts. It's actually raising the value of what an accountant does from doing the raw work to doing what I'll say is the future of accounting. It's really fp financial planning, advisory services. It's taking all that information that can be automated uh, and helping the client make decisions. So I think the biggest thing I've learned from everybody, no matter what they say, they all seem to say the same thing. We're using technology tools. But it's all about this. It's all about that. But what it really comes down to is, there's a great future in account, accounting. And I strongly recommend young people when they go to college, take accounting
1: because accounting is something they can always find a job in. I got to say, I, I, that makes perfect sense to me. That was not the thing I had chosen, but it makes everyone I talk to is super excited about the, the future of the profession. There are some obstacles, some hurdles, some barriers, that sort of stuff. But yeah, there is a tremendous excitement about um, the value of the field, the, the, just the, the sheer profitability of it, uh, but also the variety in it and the excitement about it. Randy and uh, Jason, are you seeing similar things? Is that is that resonating with you among all uh, the folks?
0: Yeah. So yeah,
1: for sure. What, I mean,
0: Anything David says, I agree with for sure. I mean it's always been the case. David taught me everything I know for the last 15 years. It's been it's been great to know him for a long time. But the one thing I'll take it back. One thing that I didn't learn from him, and I learned from you, Dan, was the ESG and all the audit that's going to be based around that and the compliance work. And and I wasn't even thinking about that. And so when David just said that the county's not going away, I always thought in my mind, well, is audit in trouble? But the way you explained it to me a few weeks ago, audit's going to take off, especially with ESG and and cyber and all this stuff. So, so yes, I agree completely with what David. said We are we are in a great profession, and there's a lot of opportunity, and it's not going away.
1: Jason, do you, you agree? I mean, you were on all these podcasts with 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 David. Was he uh, is he just misremembering this wildly, or the same similar sort of thing that there's great things going on in accounting?
3: Well, David says a lot of things, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's dead on right. Um, at per Randy's point, you know, the way I would, I kind of take it a step further in my mind. You know, being being connected with with David and and you know being being able to to bring on the the multitude of guests on on Account Trends ha- has become my most favorite thing to do uh, here at Intuit because. I get the opportunity to learn from all these amazing people that are really in touch with what's going on and, uh, you know, all the way from, you know, the, the big thought leadership gurus to, um, you know, consultants that are regarded by, you know, the large firms and, and learning from them, what they're hearing, consulting with partners, this, this profession is, is in the thick of an evolution like we've never seen before. And it is incredible to see, and we've known it was coming. But it's kind of now finally culminating and you're seeing it show up in so many different ways from technology automation and disruption to even the introduction of private equity uh, into not that this is the first time in history that's happened, but you're seeing it in a way that's very interesting. And I I think there's another podcaster that talks about the end of the partnership model. That'll be interesting to see, you know, what's going to happen there. And then I love David's point, too, about the, the young people. You know, we have a bad rap. In this profession, that it is a a bunch of guys with green visors and a calculator that <laughs> has the tape on it, and all we do is just number crunch all day long, and that's just simply not true anymore. Uh, in fact, that part of the work we're trying to push and automate so that we can really evolve into helping clients achieve their dreams. And and that's truly what's
2: happening. The more progressive CPA firms are changing their model and their role. I know Randy wants to talk about culture. It's not about working 170 hours a week. It's about changing that. And I see CPA firms starting to level off the salary, raise the salary, raise the bar so people seem excited about going into accounting and knowing that it's going to be different.
0: Randy. Yeah, yeah. So based on what David just said, there's two things. One, yeah, the the salaries are going up while the hours are going down which is, I think, going to be extremely important because burnout has been such an issue with our profession overall. And people are learning with what Jason just said with technology, implementing that, they're becoming more efficient. You you can use technology to become more efficient and free up more hours and work more hours at a higher rate, or you can use the technology to reduce your hours, make as much or more money. And I think that's going to be an important decision that people have to make as we go forward. So, so yeah, I agree with that, and it is an exciting time for sure.
1: Yep, there's no question. Yeah, as I said, I, I hear that sort of everybody you talk to. There's really a, an enthusiasm for what's going on, and a feeling that uh, um, things are going to be great. Things are already great; they're only going to get better as as people do. I mean, she's talking about raising salaries and lowering hours, and making things making it a more worker friendly and employer <laughs> employee friendly uh, sort of environment. That, all those sort of things. Uh, once we once we get on top of those, it's uh, it's really a spectacular time, both to be an accountant and to be running an accounting firm. Um, I'm going to I'm going to throw in mine because because, uh, you know, we're all podcast hosts here. We're just uh, nothing but us chickens here. So I get to, to throw in my thought um, for which is a much more, a much more narrowly focused idea because it and it really came out of not out of nowhere. But to me, it came out of nowhere, which is a long time ago. Um, Uh, The Maryland Association of CPAs uh, under Tom Hood was working with a futurist named Dan Burris, uh, who has an idea about the anticipatory organization. And his whole approach is that uh, basically you can predict the future. Right. Yeah, sure. There's things you can't predict about the future, but there's a lot of things that you really can. That he calls those hard trends and there are things that when you look ahead, there's things, you know, are going to happen. And it's silly things like, you know, the sun is going to rise every morning and that's the start of it. Then you go from there and you're like, OK, great. The year will cycle. There will be winter. There will be a holiday sales season. There will be a summertime. There will be a tax deadline. These things, you know, are going to happen. You know, for instance, that all the baby boomers are going to get older and eventually Well, let's say just eventually retire. They'll do other things eventually later on. But let's just say retire. Um, Play pickleball. Play pickleball. There you go. (laughs) Uh, but you know, all these things, demographic trends that are happening, you know, there'll be a presidential election, we hope, every four years, uh, that there'll be a midterm election every two years after that. We know these things are going to happen. And there's all kinds of of uh, things on the calendar and things in demographics and things in just the nature of people and the nature of the the year and, and the physical planet we're on that you know are going to happen. And then when you start to think of things that way, you also start to realize there's all kinds of other things that you know are going to happen. Things like, you know, there's going to be a class of people graduating from college every year, all these sorts of things that go into um, Creating this framework of things about which you can make predictions... And then build business decisions around those predictions um, to a degree that I hadn't really thought was possible at all. And when he walks you through it, it's amazing. They he working with the Maryland Association, and this is a shameless plug. I don't mind doing it. I hope they're still doing this <laughs> program. But they created something called the Anticipatory Account uh, or Anticipatory CPA firm, which uh, was a whole program where you could train your firm to to uh, to learn how to build these trends. And there are firms that have based their whole business plan on it, or big parts of their business plan on it. And it's just a neat, neat idea that I had never really considered. It was like wow, you. Actually, to a certain degree and in certain areas, predict the future. I thought that was, was really cool. Um, and it's, it's like I said, it ties into all the other things because I know we know there are firms that have used that to create a whole exciting new service areas to integrate technology better into their practices uh, to to build a lot of the excitement that uh, that all uh, all four of us have have seen from our guests and I think are sort of feel ourselves. Um, so that's that's sort of my my one where I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere and I had no idea what it was, um, and it just sort of blew my mind. Um, like said, it's a smaller idea. I, uh, I want to, you know, are there other things that, uh, that you loved that you, uh, that uh, a guest said that you're like, wow, that's amazing. Um, anybody want to jump in? Well, and,
3: and Dan, if you don't mind yeah. just talking to your point for a second there, I, I think there's a lot more power to that than, than you are giving it credit, really. That you know, I, I say all the time, we've been talking about advisory services for 20 years. I remember being on the road with Joe Woodard 20 years ago, talking about value pricing to people. And everybody going, that's so awesome. And then here we are 20 years later, and people still had not gotten it done. And so that's kind of one of those softer trends. Now, it's it's taking hold a little more strongly, but there's still a lot of ambiguity about it. There's still a lot of people saying, I don't know where I'm supposed to start with this. And then you think about the big firms, man, they're having to spin off a, a whole different firm to be able to do it because the 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 structure of the business. Just isn't conducive. It doesn't lend itself to those types of services based on the way we've been working traditionally for the last, I don't know, century or more. <laughs> right. um, and so, so then there's the hard trends of like a tax trend is never going away, but there is no doubt in anyone's mind that automation is speeding up that process. Will we ever fully automate, you know, tax compliance or bookkeeping? Oh, probably not. Uh, our, our teams at Intuit, you know, we're shooting for like 70, 80% kind of that range of, get a good majority of automation done um but it'll never fully do it all but that trend is a hard trend nobody can can you know refute it
1: right things will get more automated yeah absolutely and that's yeah that's a great example of the the kind of uh trends that he's talking about right things you just know are going to happen even if even if we can't predict it's probably safe to say that in 30 years right all tax compliance will be automated. It's just a question of when in the next or oh, what what year in the next 30 will it happen? It's it's probably not going to happen in the next 10, but who knows? And, and that's the beauty,
2: you know, as much as you can be the anticipatory accountant and the anticipatory organization, you don't know what's going to happen because change comes so fast. You know, just like ChatGPT all of a sudden in November it appeared and what do we got millions of users of ChatGPT. Good or bad, there are good things it does. There are bad things it doesn't do uh, across the board. But all of a sudden, from OpenAI to Google to Bing, and now all of a sudden, Bloomberg is jumping into the field of it. And that changes the tools that you have. And I guess I can look a little different than all of you. I even remember uh, Daniel Hood before he was editor of Accounting Today (laughs) when he was a cub reporter (laughs) in the old days. Uh, And... Everything that we've been trying to do, I go back to this 1989 AICPA project that talked about the future in automation. Actually, everything they said back then is what we're trying to do now, but technology is changing it. Like, Troy Merritt wasn't even born when I started. He was busy running to bars, and all of a sudden, from being a bar craft expert, he created these tools and became a great educator on uh, Employee retention credits across the board. And he probably didn't even think
0: about employee retention credits five years ago. Well, nobody did. Well, I guess they did. They may have existed for different areas other than the one we all know it for today. But yes, uh, for sure. But, but what's good is he took advantage and he jumped on it. Yeah, and that's what he did. So, uh, Dan, you taught me something already today, which is awesome. And, and David and or Jason, somebody already said it. Every time I'm on a podcast, I learn something, which is so amazing. And I never anticipated that. I maybe should have uh, in the past uh, uh, because I I know not that I'm an expert in all this stuff, but I've learned so much. Not that I can go out and tell everybody everything that I've learned, but I've absorbed a lot just by being a podcast host. But I think one of the things that I have seen and I think ties into this exactly is this. And you can anticipate change, but you can't always predict what it's going to be. So you have to be flexible in what that change is. And, and Jason said it too, or or no, David did with the chat GPT. And now they're talking about in the next couple of weeks, AI is going to be able to read documents off your desktop if you let it. It's not just there. It's not going to read it. But if you let it and be able to convert a W-2 into, you know, just to import it into a tax return. So this is change I wouldn't have thought of a year ago. I mean, we know that you've got these things that could read the W-2 and it could take data off. But this sounds like it's going to be, you know, really uh, creating significant change going forward. And so I think that's the one thing we can anticipate and we can predict that there's always going to be change, but we have to be flexible to, to make sure that we're able to take advantage of whatever direction this change is going. And sometimes people don't do that.
1: Two quick things, and then I want to call on Jason real quick on this. Uh, one, I think, um, Jason, to your point, I think one of the things that is a hard trend is that you can assume that any new idea that comes into the accounting profession, you can predict that it will take between five and ten years to get adopted. <laughs> um uh, you know, can't say how much of you know it's five. Sometimes it's 15, but we won't get into that. But you can predict that it will take a while to uh, for it to get adopted. On the other hand, the, the pandemic is a great example of the kind of thing you can't predict, predict right? They, it's the kind of black swan kind of thing. Though, to be fair, lots and lots of people were warning that something like the pandemic was coming for about the last 20 years. But anyways, but it's those are good examples of, of random things that might happen. But I was curious. I just want to give you a chance to jump in on this, Jason, because when I was talking about how soon it will be before everything is automated for tax return, you were kind of like, man, I'm not so sure about it. I do not know if you wanted to <laughs> throw out some thoughts there. Well, because we're here, you know, we're, we're making wild and totally uh, unsupported <laughs> assertions about things, or at least I am. Uh, I want every, all of you to feel comfortable to do the same.
3: No, I, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it, 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 I was kind of like, nah, I don't the, the the rate of acceleration that I'm seeing and with the power of AI technology, I mean, Chad, GBT aside, right, like. A lot of our customers don't even realize that, like scan and import technology that you talked about, Randy. We have AI algorithms that get make that better every day. Actually, when you interact with that tool, it it sees if you're changing a number that it spit out from the, the OCR tech. I don't even think we're using OCR anymore. It's something evolved from there, but um, it, it learns. And if I'm not people train the algorithms by continuing to work with it and correct it it gets better and smarter and that was a big surprise to me in the evolution of AI I didn't think we were going to get to that level of AI by this point in time in our human history you know and we we get scared about the thought the concept of AI learning but it's not like just learning like our brains do it's learning in a very directed targeted way that the you know the engineers have built it to look at and do. And so I think that's really, really interesting. And I think AI is going to have a profound impact on our profession um over the next five to ten years. Uh now I I respectfully disagree with the um, you know, we may someday get to a point of complete automation of tax returns. I think you had made that point, Dan. Um, and that's I mean, I'm not putting that idea completely out. Like I sure it's possible, but I think the way that would show up is like if we adopted a system where we no longer are independently doing our tax returns and the government just sent us a bill at the end of the year. And that's not really automation, that's just a change in political man- landscape.
2: Fair enough. i disagree my... with you on oh, that. Oh, all
3: right. Yeah, I love the discourse. Yeah,
2: I, I believe <laughs> that there, there'll be total automation. And again, as things keep changing, I ne- you don't rule out, we don't know what we don't know. So I, I think there will be total automation because someone's gonna put it together because if everything's digital, And everything can be extracted in some shape, manner, or form, someone's going to find a way to do it. So I'll disagree with you on that.
1: But it is, I mean, Jason's point that it's a huge political question is is absolutely, I mean, I think that's, there's no question, right? That's an excellent point, right? And we talk about, oh, I mean, it's just going to happen. It's not. There will have to be some kind of political. Argument about it because it will be a big argument, um, and and it's entirely possible that that the 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 right argument, which is that everything should be autom- automated, uh, may lose. <laughs> uh, you know, I, the, at least that's my take. This is not the opinion of anyone else or of Accounting county today. Uh, only myself. Um, but uh, anyway, sorry, I, we keep uh, leaving Randy out.
0: No, no, I didn't want to jump in. You guys are uh, you guys are my idol, so I'm not going to talk over you. But hey,
1: uh, you're
2: my idol. Uh, <laughs> you're my
0: idol.
1: You've
3: told me a lot. Yeah feelings mutual right
1: uh, <laughs> Jason and David are about to fight over when the, when taxes are going to be automated so I need you to co- come in here and cool things down
0: We fight all the time so this <laughs> is so I'm I'm kind of taking both sides on this Yes, I can see 100% automation of compliance. If we just want to be straight compliance, you can go pull the W-2 off of ADP and your, your your Merrill Lynch statement and all this stuff can come in and you're comp- in, in, in so compliance. But then what Jason already mentioned is the advisory is and Dan is what you said, as long as there's, you know, political aspects to the tax code and we're putting incentives in the tax code, you know, to do something in our economy. The advisory part is where I see less automations coming because that's more, you know, coming up with subjective ideas that, you know, are based on tax code. So I still think we'll be needed, uh, but a big point, and I think, I think the the cool thing is we'll be needed at a higher value service than just compliance and, and compliance is great. And people do compliance alone. There's nothing wrong with that. It's completely needed. But we, when we can add that advisory part to it, I think that's going to be, or we already are, but when it. Maybe becomes just advisory because compliance is all automated. I think we are more valuable than we are today.
2: And that's where I 100% agree because they'll always be advisory. You know, So, should someone buy or sell their stock, whether it be you mentioned Merrill Lynch, the data is going to come automatically. But if that person's smart, they're talking to their accountant to say, How can I minimize my uh, tax this year? How can I defer? How can I maximize my wealth? How do I plan for retirement? That's why. It's kind of interesting that in high school they really don't require a finance course for everyone, and that's where we're pushing down. Make high school students understand the value of a dollar, and if they understand finance, they'll understand the value of an accountant because this business is being established all the time in this world, and those people need accounts for basically two reasons: compliance and what do I do? How do I? How do I? profit in my business right keep me out of
3: jail yeah. and help me look forward <laughs>
1: right well, the problem is if, if you teach them all that in high school then they won't need accountants anymore it's no no, no. keep them ignorant keep them ignorant at all times <laughs> so that's my uh just just teach the ones who might become accountants and then but um but no, oh, yeah jason you're right keep keep me out of jail and keep me looking forward those are uh, that's what people want that's and they'll always need that right um so on, on that, we should probably, for everything we say, assume that even if we say something that sounds like negative about the future of the profession, right, we all agree with all the people we've, we've talked with, it's an exciting time and there are upsides for everything and it, tax advice is not going to go away and the tax function of accountant isn't going to go away. it's gonna It may change to me go to something more interesting, more exciting and more, as I said, value added. Um, but it's there's certainly there's there's always going to be demand for accountants. All right. Um, we could obviously go on about this uh, for another three to four hours. But I want to now switch to a different question, which is, um, and, and this is based obviously all three of you have bring your own levels of expertise beyond just having been podcast. So, so I should I shouldn't say that that's the only way you know everything, you know, because uh, you're both experts. All three of you are experts in a lot of other ways. Um, so this might not be from your podcast. This might be from your own experience. But I want to know what big idea you think accountants should be focusing on. And I'm going to go first because I went last last time. I'm going to go first just to get me out of the way because it ties into a lot of the things we talked about in the first half of the podcast, which was about change. And so I'm my big idea that I think accountants should be focused on. And we've covered so many different aspects of that I'm not going to spend too much time on it, is that accountants need to become uh, better. Everybody does, but accountants uh, are our audience. So that's who we're talking to need to become better at change and change management needs to become a muscle that accounting firms can exercise all the time. Um, and this is another thing I heard on the podcast. Someone who I first heard it was on the podcast. So talking about the need to be able to uh, learn, unlearn and relearn. Right. Because things are going to change constantly. You need to forget what you learned before, learn the new way of it and, and and be prepared for all the changes to come about. But you need to be prepared to change the structure of your firm, the structure of your offerings, the kinds of offerings you're offering, uh, all those sorts of things, the technology you're use, how you hire people, how you find clients. All these things are going to change and they're going to change continually. Right. It's not just enough to make the big digital transformation now. Uh, and and refresh your service lines to accommodate the new stuff that's going on now, cannabis, ESG, whatever it may be. You have to be prepared to do that on a regular basis. We've talked about how quickly change is going to come at firms. Um, That's not going to stop. It's only going to increase. You need to be prepared to sort of be continually changing. And that is a muscle that you can build up. You can't just say, well, make this one big push and then we'll be done because you'll never be done, which sounds a little terrifying, except that accountants are really pretty good at change when they allow themselves to be. Um, You think about it every year. There's changes to the tax code, huge changes to the tax code every year and uh, not even every year, all the time. There are changes to accounting standards, to auditing standards, all these sorts of things. And accountants are experts at digest- digesting those new things, applying them to their clients, uh, mastering those new rules on a regular basis, even on, and on a, let's face it, a, a ridiculously uh, short timeline for most of them. So they're really good at that um, when they think about it, and when they say this is what we do. And so I just think accountants need to be prepared to take that specific skill set that they have of adapting to those kinds of changes and being ready to apply it to everything else in their, in their firms and practices. And that is a little, a little daunting, but if you can do it, if you can bring that natural skill set to it, I think uh, again, the future is super bright for, for firms and accountants that can do that. So, all right. So that's, that's my big idea that I think accountants should be focusing on. Uh, Jason, I want to get, uh, get yours.
3: I'm glad you called on me first Dan, Cause I have th- thoughts brewing about <laughs> what you said. Um, so I think, yeah, I go back and forth on, on this internally, and this is based on my my 25 years of experience in this profession. We have a, we have sort of this joke that we tell, you know, and, and it's an inside joke of the accounting profession, that accountants are slow to change. And I think what you say there, Dan, with, with embracing that is, is so important. And I think there's a degree of truth that maybe there are professions just a touch slower, but... You know, I don't think society as a whole is is that much different, uh, if you really look at it. And Simon Sinek, uh, who's this incredible thought leader, I'm a huge fan of him, I'm sure many of you have heard of him, uh, he talks about this thing called the law of diffusion of innovation. And it's about how you, you know, how you see the adoption of of innovation, typically in a form of technology, you get 10%, just pretty much instantly, you know, there's going to be people that are just like, yeah, that's... And those are the ones we say, ah, they get it. They get it, right? And then you've got the next 50%. And it's this massive chasm. And that's the skeptical crowd. That's the group of people that go, I need to see that this is going to really get the outcome that you're claiming it does before I'm going to go overhaul things. And the stuff that we ask accountants to overhaul in their firms are massive things. Massive. you know, how do you go from an hourly billing model in a massive firm where this is the whole structure of the firm? All the way to performance management, and then shift that into value-based pricing um, and subscription-based pricing, which flies in the face of the hourly billing rate. And and so the embracement, the embrace of change, the, the fundamentally mindset attitude, is absolutely critical because it's upon us, right? We've been put, we've been keeping it at bay for a while because <laughs> it is so huge, um, but it's it's gonna. We're going to have to build the skill sets to to do that differently, and I think the skill sets part is 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 probably the hardest for people. They there's a set of skills that we've been using in these traditional models for so long, and these are the types of you know dispositions of people that that become CPAs. Typically, I'm speaking in generals, of course. I'm not trying to stereotype. Um, and so how we how we build those skill sets, I think pros need you know tax and county pros need to think. About build, by or partner. That's what we always kind of, do we build, by or partner? Do I build these skill sets myself? Do I buy talent or something that helps me have those skills? Uh, or do I partner to get those ta- those skills? And that's, that's going to be looking outside of the traditional CPA or EA that we've kind of built firms around and really thinking differently about the skill sets that we need in our firms.
1: Well, and you, part of it is because those the, the change management skill sets, at least, or that part of change, <clears throat> used to be but you had time. You could just sort of gradually adopt it without even really noticing it, without structurally saying, okay, this is a change we are implementing. Here's the timeline. Here's how we're going to do it. You used to have a decade to be able to say, yeah, we're going to adopt this over a long period of time. Document management systems and accounting always strike me as a good example. It took a long time for those to get implemented. It was kind of painful. It was kind of disruptive. It was kind of annoying. Uh, but they just sort of did it over a sl- long, slow period of time because you could. But now the pace of change is such that you can't just sort of adopt things by osmosis. You really have to, as you say, you have to consciously go out and say, like I said, build by Partner is a great way to, to talk about it. But one way or another, you have to go out and get those skills. You can't just wait till they sort of develop slowly and appear over the course of, uh, of um, natural business, as it will. Because uh, if you wait for that, you'll be left behind.
3: And if Dan, if I can just add one more thing with, I think that was a really cool point too, because the there's you talked about like the pandemic and the, the, the market forces and predicting that. And so what's interesting, like e-file is another one that comes to mind for me as like a change that just took us forever. And and it was like, but but finally it got to a point where the IRS forced it. They're like, no, we're doing this. You're getting on board or you're getting fined. And that and then all of a sudden we saw that that tidal wave shift. And the same thing happened with the pandemic. These forces that were at play were slow play, but now we have this this market force that's just washed over it. And we don't we don't have the luxury of saying, well, we'll deal with that over the next 10 years. It's now. We gotta do it now.
1: So wait, I wasn't sure because we were talking about so much about change and there's so many different aspects to change. Was there another big idea you wanted to talk about as well or? No,
3: I, I think that's right on point. I, I think the skills part is the big thing for me, you know, and it's related to that.
1: There were a lot of new, I was thinking you brought up a lot of new elements. So I wasn't sure if that was, uh, if that covered where you wanted to go. Because we can, we could talk about all of these topics we could talk about for days and days and probably will. Uh, in fact, just the next 75 episodes of all of our podcasts will be just uncovering uh, the rest of all the things we've talked about today. Um, Randy, you get to to go next for your big idea.
0: Okay, first I'm texting my producer to tell him the next 75 episodes are just going to be <laughs> this. So so let make sure he's warned on that. Excellent. All right, we're good. We're good. Uh so I mean, I just want to keep going based on what you guys said and, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And so cuz you kind of mentioned that the whole change management and and the accountants or CPAs or EAs or tax preparers or bookkeepers or whatever you want to call them, um We're good at change because there's always change out there. But the change that we're good at in my mind is that, hey, we have a new tax law. We have a new FASB. We have a new gap, whatever it is. Uh, But sometimes we're not as fast with the change in our firms themselves. It's like, okay, we have to worry about all these other changes. But, you know, this technology I should be, you know, utilizing, it's just that's going to take too much time because I'm doing all these other things to help my clients. And that's our mindset as, as accountants is we have to help our clients. That's first. And so I think it's important for them to start to concentrate them, us. I'm in that group. Concentrate on uh, more of that change for ourselves. And, and there's a couple of things that one, and I didn't talk about this before, but there's a couple of things that the pandemic has accelerated from a change standpoint. Um, just uh, there's a lot of things that it's accelerated. Uh, but one is just the whole corporate culture, I think, has become way more important, I think, because the pandemic, because we're working remote, but because also we're just not finding the people and retaining the people and attracting the people uh, that we have in the past. So so this is kind of a, a twofold uh, um, answer to a question you didn't ask, but <laughs> I have to answer it anyways. <laughs>
1: so. Those are often the best. Those <laughs> well, are often the best answers.
0: But but we're but we're having fun. So so uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about and I didn't talk about in our first segment is the fact that uh, uh, John Garrett having him on my podcast was one of the most eye opening things that that ever happened to me. And we weren't even talking accounting or tax or Practice management, other than from a standpoint of corporate culture, and that is so important. And, and I don't know if you all know John. He wrote, wrote the book. What's your end? And and, and it, this is this is I probably talk about John more than anything else on my podcast. And is. In his message, because it's so important, especially with the pandemic, especially with us all working remote. And we've always been a remote firm. So we've always kind of known we had to do something different from a, a culture standpoint, but just allowing people to be themselves and not just be their title. that People aren't just the auditor, they're not just the tax advisor or the tax preparer. And and so they're the pickleball player, uh, they're the hiker, they're the mountain biker, they're the whatever. And, and I think that, that is important, not only, you know, it always has been. I think it's gotten a lot more important with the way we're more 2D versions of ourselves looking like we are today rather than 3D versions of ourselves. So that's important. And, and then if I can do the second part, and I, uh, that I think is very important for for firms and individuals to know go forward going forward is you don't have to know everything. And I think Jason alluded to this with the buy, you know, sell or buy, outsource or whatever that three, what was the three words? Build, buy, or partner. There you go. With that is you don't have to be an expert I think, everything, because you can always build relationships with someone who is, but building your knowledge base in a niche, whatever And Dan, you had mentioned this before, but whether that niche is uh, is industry specific, whether it's a service offering, whatever it is. I think that is just so important, especially as there's more competition, as there's more private equity coming in that allow these bigger firms to have more specialized areas. I think being a niche practitioner is just, that's what I became 16 years ago. I was a generalist before that. So partly this is just real life experience with me. I am so much more satisfied with my job and what I do and this, the services that I offer and the satisfaction I get of, out of helping clients today as a niche practitioner uh, than than anything. And I think that knowledge base will show through if you become an expert in a, a niche or industry or, or service offering and and people just gravitate towards you because your passion will show through to what you're doing. And so to me, you know, if we're talking about uh, uh, what we need to do, what accounts should be focusing on is a hey, focus on whatever you are most passionate about in your business, industry or or service and try to build the practice off of that.
1: It's I mean, This could have fit with the first question, which is, you know, what do you hear? I hear a lot of people talking about the need for niching uh, and for, you know, uh, finding a specialty, finding a, a specific area that you're working on. And that's important. Um and then the aspect of the, uh, the passion, I'm glad you, you brought up. I didn't give you a chance to talk about John in the first question. And I'm sorry I didn't because I'm glad you brought no, it up. No, that's all right. Because he's got a fascinating story. Uh, you know, big four, big four accountant becomes stand-up comic, becomes discovers and it, discovers creates this brilliant idea of what you're in. And that really is an important uh, idea. And you hear I hear people referring to that idea all the time without necessarily knowing that it came from him even um, or where its origin is. It's a great, great idea um, and definitely one worth, uh, worth paying attention to. Um, and you can look him up online Find him out there He used to He actually used to have A podcast of his own I don't know if it's still going on uh, The Green Apple Podcast He's I don't changed
0: he, the name Well it's now called
1: What's your aunt? Oh, yeah. Well that makes perfect sense But he had a the Green Apple Podcast Was on for for a long long time I didn't realize He'd switch the name So we should probably At the end We'll have a recommendation For other podcasts Other than ours That once you finish Listening to all ours You should go listen to But um, his is his, uh, his always Fascinating stuff All right Excellent uh, I think Now wait uh, Jason we've gotten uh, Your big idea Randy we've gotten Your big idea Idea. And again, I'm sorry, I'm glad you brought up the uh, John because he's great. Uh, so I think that brings us to, to Mr. Bergstein. You get to wrap us up. What's the What's the big idea you're paying? I, I think accountants should be paying attention to.
2: It's, it's, it's all your ideas since you're all so original uh, with it. <laughs> but, you know, going back to what you started with, Dan, I think I heard somewhere a long time ago at an Engage conference from this gentleman named Barry Melanson who was trying to get CPAs in the fold. He sort of said similar to what you said, and I agree with it. It's all about change, continuous learning, unchanging, and learning new things. Because this is really a great profession. You talk about niching. You know, after you go by the top 500 firms, and I'm holding this up with, this is what I started with. We don't use this tool anymore. It's a relic. When you get by the top five
1: audience, it's a pencil.
2: When you get by the top 500 firms, it's... Forty-four to 46,000 CPA firms, less than 20, and probably averaging 5 to 10. And that's what makes accounting and accounting today or accounting tomorrow such a great field because you don't have to be an accountant to go into accountancy. You can be an entrepreneur that sees a niche for a service. What's the service you're providing? You're helping businesses be more liquid, solvent, profitable, efficient. Uh, helping them determine risk. So you can start an accounting practice without being an accountant, being an entrepreneur, seeing as an opportunity to make money. And you can hire people. They don't have to be CPAs, but CPA is really the top of the profession. that has got the most prestige. And I bet most people don't know the difference between the CPA certificate and any other certificate out there. And that's what makes it kind of difficult. And that's why I I can solve the pipeline problem When we think about it, the CPA certificate is different than any other certificate because it's a license. It's a license by a state board of accountancy. And that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. But I think the AICPA or whatever other accrediting body should have a CGMA before a CPA. That might encourage more people and it might compete with other certificates because that's a certificate. That's not a license when you think about it. I think this profession is ripe for growing to anybody who sees the opportunity. And as all of you said, it's all about change. But think about it. We're talking about niching, changes, and coping. But what is it the service that a CPA sells or an accountant sells? It sells helping their clients and solving problems. So think about that. How do you help your clients solve problems? By understanding what their needs are. And understanding what their setup was. And that's why it's not just about accounting, it's about cryptocurrency, cybersecurity, efficiency, whether they're green, whether it's keeping up with the environment or whatever. This whole ball of wax changes what's it's all about. And smaller CPA firms, smaller accounting firms can change the moating ball quickly. It's the large firms that have too much going on to be able to change as quickly. So I think that everybody's right on point with what they're saying, buy, build, Point. it's coping with the fact that we're in today's world, everything's changing as quick as it, we don't even know.
0: Randy. So, so David came up with a great idea there, and I don't know if anybody even heard it in there. But he said, accounting today, accounting tomorrow. Dan, I'm going to give you the first shot at this. Do you want to start the new uh, (laughs) uh,
1: company, Accounting Tomorrow? Uh, We're going to have accounting in three weeks. That's not right. Uh, uh, I won't take that. I'm going to give it to you. I appreciate it. We've already, I'm sure, I'm sure our corporate legal affairs department has already (laughs) trademarked that. Uh, We'll be suing you, Mr. Bergstein, for bringing it up. Um, uh, Well, you already have accounting uh, 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 tomorrow. We did have accounting tomorrow, but we couldn't keep up with tomorrow. Tomorrow came too quickly. So now it's all just accounting today. Because really, accounting today was always accounting last week. And then accounting tomorrow was pretty much accounting today. So now we just, everything's accounting today. And, uh, and and that's where we're at. Dave.
2: I uh, like accounting today much better than I did a couple of months ago. <laughs>
1: uh, do you know why? I, I think I have an idea, but I'll let you, uh, let you tell us.
2: Because it's easy to stack now the new accounting today because it's not a newspaper form.
1: It's in magazine. He keeps. keeps, Sorry, folks. He keeps holding up physical props (laughs) that you can't see. He was holding up a magazine sized copy of Accounting Today. We switched from tabloid size to magazine size. I feel like I have to footnote you throughout this entire discussion. Well, that's why he does the same thing on account trends all the time. I'm like, David, I know you you love your props, but we got to tell
3: people what you're holding up. He's like, he's like, to be honest, he's like
1: the carrot top of accounting podcasts. Right. He's a prop. (laughs) He's a prop comic. Um, But no, I appreciate that. It does now fit in your mailbox which we're proud of. And I think a lot of our audience is grateful for At least I haven't gotten any angry comments about getting a tabloid sized magazine in their, um, in their mailbox. So yes, I appreciate that. (laughs) Any other final thoughts before we, uh, we sign off. Grandy first and then Jason. Bye
0: again. This is, this is anytime I'm, I'm with the three of you uh, individually or together. I just learned so much and it, it was great to be part of this and, and you're all, uh, uh, looking out for the profession and seeing where the profession needs to go and, and helping direct or at least educate on topics that are important. So I, I, I appreciate being here. And again, had a lot of fun today.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Randy. Jason,
3: you get the last word. Well, is somebody this is the last word for the episode or just the last word to this topic?
1: I think the last word for all of accounting. We're declared the whole, the whole profession wrapped up <laughs> and done. Uh, but yeah, just certainly for this, certainly for this episode.
3: Yeah. So um, I, I think it was me that you guys were referring to earlier. I just I learn constantly. I've learned more in the last year of doing these podcasts than I have in my entire 25 years in this profession. And it is absolutely eye opening to see what's going on out there, to see the 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 passion that I that I'm feeling from a lot of people. I talk to new new you know, to, new to the world pros uh, is what we call them, um, where they're just starting their firms. I, I'm doing a mentoring group right now, the special program for for a group of those folks. And they are excited. Once I share with them what's happening and how we're thinking about the way that they, the profession is gonna look going forward, they get really excited and we've got to do more of that. We've got to showcase the impact that we have on people's lives. Um, because we are we are a profession that is the best positioned to help people achieve their dreams and goals. And we're doing it. There are a lot of firms that are doing it today. Learn from those firms. Look at what they're doing and learn from them. And then, um, you know, have the courage to take the leap yourself because it's 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 possible.
1: All right. Uh, listen, I'm glad you you brought it up. It is a it's it's really is a privilege to, to be able to interview all the people we interview. It's great, uh, because they bring all these insights. It's great to have the three of you on to share your insights. Uh, and so I'm going to make a gross and blatant plug and say hey, one thing you should all be doing is is listening to as many podcasts as you can. There are a lot of them that are great. Obviously Jason and David's uh podcast and Randy's The Unique CPA. But there are lots of others we could mention. Ed Class has a great podcast, and Ed and Ron Baker have a great radio show. And uh, uh there's the Cloud. Accounting Podcast and Amy Vetter has a podcast and there's millions of great podcasts out there. There's a lot of voices out there sharing a lot of great thoughts and great ideas um, about the, the profession and uh, I mean, you obviously our three podcasts are the best but um, <laughs> but but really there's just there's a lot out there and a lot to learn and uh, we're lucky to be able to, uh, to be in the midst of it. Gentlemen, I want to thank you all for, uh, for this opportunity and again, we'll be talking for the next 75 to 80 episodes to unpack the rest of it but for now, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Dan. And thank you all for listening.
0: Thanks for joining the Unique CPA as we re-aired Randy Crabtree's appearance on the April 10th edition of On the Air with Accounting Today with host Dan Hood. Our thanks to him and guests David Bergstein and Jason Stein. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and leave a five-star rating. Join us next time as Randy talks to Donnie Shimamoto of Enterprise Technologies on the Unique CPA.